Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. Mike, a little closer. Sorry. Finally. Well, you at that time, you turned away from the microphone when you talked, so I'm sorry. <laughs> also joining us this week, Kid Presentable. And a relieved kid presentable because you didn't go to me second. And if you listened last week, that just froze me in my tracks. Absolutely flabbergasted when I am the first person Bobby. Well, he definitely paused and let everyone think about it. And I was going to say, I thought you were going to say you're relieved because you had a bathroom break right before the podcast. (laughs) It was relieved more. So on multiple fronts, Stefan is running on all gears. I mean, for yeah, those listeners who are uh, interested in my bowel movements, um, yeah, we're doing all right. Unfortunately, in that front, uh, my little puppy, Gogi, he has had a very rough last 24 hours. I didn't sleep all night because I had to tend to his uh, upset stomach. Mm. Um, for those Aww. of you who have a puppy, uh, it is very sad when you see little ones kind of struggle through that. Um, he, and that's uh, the beginning of our show, guys. Was he going poopy too much? What's going on? Uh, seven times in one night. Mm. And, uh, I got yeah. that by like, by like poopy number three, that that's just coming out like yogurt, right? Look, man, he, if you ever met Gogi, not he's that. not the biggest dog in the world. It's like when you see the amount that comes out of him, you're like, what is inside of you? Like what is left? Like you have well, room for water in there. You have room for organs. <laughs> well, let me tell you, cause, uh, my little dog Luna got spayed. And then uh, she had a bit of an accident while on the bed. Um, And the sheer amount of urine that came out of this tiny dog was fucking impressive. And I got to learn how you get urine out of a mattress, which it'll sink through. Vinegar vinegar oil, isn't it? Vinegar. uh, It's vinegar, laundry detergent, a little water. You spray the shit out of it. Then you cover it in baking powder. And then you wait like a day. Then you clean it. I think that draws out all the moisture at that point or something. I don't know. It worked. Long story short. So the little dog, though, I was impressed, quite frankly, the sheer amount you could pee. Um, All right, boys and girls. um, There was no fight card this past week. Probably. Let's go with probably. We're pretty sure. No UFC card. No UFC card. Somebody fought somewhere. I saw James Vick get knocked out in some regional show. That's right. That did happen. And somebody pointed out that said, you could have just put the word UFC at the top of this regional show and people would have bought it totally as a UFC card. And I'm like, yeah, there was like two names on there I recognize. I'm like, ah, that would have made sense. You could have put that on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, James Vick, by the way, man, what a... There was a hot minute there where James Vick thought he, we thought he might be something. And uh, things really took a turn there. Um, really well, quick. Eight wins, eight wins in a row will do that. Yeah. Then, they, uh, then he fought a handful of guys who knew the overhand right. Um, and that was his kryptonite, apparently. He talked a lot of shit, too, I remember, before those losses, especially the Justin Gaethje one. He called Justin Gaethje all the names. It was all karma, man. Like, after he talked all that shit about Justin Gaethje, you know what? The MMA gods, they giveth and they taketh away. Exactly. The MMA gods who sit high high atop Mount Zion's 
uh, and pass judgment on everything MMA related. <laughs> Those references don't make sense anymore. Bobby Zions was so long ago. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Mount Zions. <laughs> You know what? You know what? Mount we all chuckle from that. Yeah, That's all Ma that matters. Mount Bang Energy. Actually, I don't know. That may not be a, a MMA thing. The um, Condom no. Depot Valley. Yeah, see, that's, that's even that's, that's, that's old too. Generations ago, I don't know what. Wait, wait, you know what? Actually, wait, 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 wait. I got a better one. I got a better one. The Condom Depot Geyser. That's not better. No, I mean, well, I know you guys like better. Condom Depot. There's no mess. What's, what's the name of the vodka? What's the name of the vodka we've never actually seen in a store that they're just funneling money Nemkov. through? Yeah, Nemkov. Go. That's just a front. None of us believe now on you, <laughs> I know you guys threw them out, but the the be-all, end-all of all sponsors to me was Dynamic Fastener. Because never have I sat through a card just wondering the whole time, the hell are Dynamic is Fastener? Are these zip ties? Are these uh, is the I, zip tie man in... Uh, the capital riot it's one of those, those things you just, buy, you just buy shit wholesale it's one of those things you gotta it was, a company, it, was a, it was a business to business company yeah you exactly that commercial that's like well i can't go and buy you, you guys ever seen uh, crates of it you guys ever seen like a catalog for you line it comes in the mail it's like 50 pages that's the type of stuff you see dynamic fastener speaking of which mm -hmm. if condom depot dynamic fasteners zions if they want to sponsor us holla at your boy yeah, while we're at it, getting to saying things that aren't going to happen, let's just ask for the gun store while we're at it. That doesn't exist anymore, but there's that place too. Um, so uh, we've got some MMA news, some ancillary MMA news. Um, we're going to talk about this fight card this weekend coming to you from the UFC Apex, headlined by Alexander Bulkov and the Reem, Alistar Overeem. Um, going five rounds at heavyweight, hopefully not, but there's always a chance. A um, couple other interesting fights on there, including Corey Sandhagen and Frankie Edgar. Um, then we do stuff we like. Um, Mike will talk about how he took money off of me and Stefan in the Royal Rumble through sheer fucking bullshit luck. Fucking 47-year-old man wins a Royal Rumble. This is nonsense. Um, anyway, um, let's see what we got this week. Well, it seems like uh, Ben Askren isn't under UFC contract. Probably. Is he? Is he still under contract? I heard an interview with him. He's yeah, like, I'm under contract, is, but yeah. they let him do it because they're like, it's been Askren. <laughs> the stock on that man is done. I mean, he basically retired, but I think he's still under contract, so he had to okay it to them. But they, they didn't get, they didn't get their big? They didn't get their cut, you're saying? And that, that well, that's what Arrow asked him. He asked him if UFC was taking any money. He's like, no, like they don't take money. He's like, they did for Connor. And he's like, you sure about that? And he's like, yeah, they yes, they took like they take your million. money too. But they're just like, you know what? We're so done with the Ben Askren side. We don't even want to take your dirty. I was going to say, they're setting up, they set a precedent before. They should really, you know, I'm not trying to get Ben's check cut in half, but no, but it's kind of surprising know. they didn't at least ask for a little something. Yeah, exactly. So Ben Askren's taken on Jake Paul. Correct. Um, the one who murked Nate Robinson about a month and a half ago, I want to say it was, roughly, I think. The, the more athletic-looking one, the one that has, has made the transition to the boxing one got a, a win. little bit better. The He's, one got already had a win. Win. He's got two wins now. Um, the one who, yeah, smoked former NBA slam dunk champion Nate Robinson, two-time slam dunk champion Nate Robinson, um, in embarrassing fashion. Um, ben Askren said he's going to box him. And then Ben Askren said he's going to knock him out in the seventh round. And then Jake Paul did a bunch of interviews where he talked about how MMA is no technique and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, okay. The usual stuff. Mike, as our king of trash, what do you what do you think about this? Wait a sec. Mike, what were you Wait. watching before we started? It's not trash. <laughs> what that was is it? one man's pursuit 
for love. All right. It's the bachelor. Okay. Let's just, uh, let, let, let's calm down on calling the bachelor trash. What, what's the line from? Uh, there's this line I think I've heard is I'm a messy bitch and I live for the drama. This is why I feel you, you, you fall under, Mike. Okay. <laughs> That's where it is. Why can't it just be I'm a hopeless romantic, you know, and, you know, Mike, what was, maybe the, best, I would Mike, like what, Mike, what was the best part of the show you were just me. telling us now? Oh, Oh, don't get me started on that, Bobby. You you don't want me to get started. Okay, on that's that. what I'm saying. All right. So what do you think, right. man? We got we you right, and I so watch, we were watching this. Wait, last you want to know about the bachelor? You want to know? No, about I want to. I don't know what your thoughts on this. Uh, I think it's the same company that did the other one. Yeah, it's like yeah, Splinter, Thriller, 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 Thriller. I think that's Thriller. Yeah. What do you think? For Ben Askren, um, you know, it's a win-win for him. It's not going to get more embarrassing. I mean, it's even if he loses, no one ever, you know, is going to mistake Ben Askren for, you know, a, a, an elite striker. He was never that. Uh, he's going to get way more money in this fight than he ever got in any of his previous fights as well. Mm-hmm. So the worst thing that happens is that he gets a bit more brain damage. You know, he's a fighter. He's already got plenty of that. So go for <laughs> it. And it gives Jake Paul a little cachet when it comes to the next guy that he fights. You know, people have given him shit. He's fought in a YouTuber and he's fought in Nate Robinson. And that was an impressive knockout. But Nate Robinson, I, it, it looks like I can fight better than Nate Robinson. And my last fight was me getting my ass kicked in one L year, you know, pr- you know, protecting some girl, you know, coming out of a bus. Pretty sure I saw back problems from that fight because that dude kicked my ass. I think I can you guys want to uh, you guys want to pull some money together to organize uh, Nate Robinson's redemption fight against uh, Michael Sanchez. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to sponsor that first. Uh, I'm willing to sponsor that first. My God, that you can take him. I think you got it. I think you can take I Nate think, Robinson. I think I do. Yeah. Don't let this get back to Nate Robinson, though. Yeah, uh, but. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be watching it. I, I'm Look, at, you, I'm yeah, of course know. we're gonna watch it, man. We watch anything at this. We'll watch anything we can get our hands on that's live. That motherfuckers are throwing punches. Like, are is this the same? Are they still trying to do Holyfield and Tyson? Is that happening? Is that oh, still? I mean, they they put a real fight at the top of the other. I mean, real fight. They put two real fighters at the top I'm of this last one. Pretty sure this is main eventing. Whatever this, this is main eventing. Mm-hmm. Now the question will be: the last time Jake Paul fought. It was as the undercard for the Tyson fight. Yeah. Now it'll be interesting to see whether people will actually want to watch this fight, or if the reason why that last fight had so many eyeballs was because of Tyson and Roy Jones. Man, people like an interesting test. People, these kids. I'm not exactly sure on the exact number, Steph, but these Paul brothers, they got like like 10 million some some shit like that, like YouTube subscribers, right? All these kids are watching them. Like it's not a good thing. you went to the wrong person with Mike. Well, the I don't Paul know. Paul brothers are hilarious, Bobby. They out here doing pranks. They're writing books about banging girls and what it was like to lose their virginity. They're out here offending Japan. Children love them, Bobby. These guys, you, you, you wonder about who's the main event? This is boxing now. This is who I, I don't give a shit about boxing. You talk about your, you got your Garcias, your Canelas. No one cares. It's like a handful of people who always like boxing, always like this. This is the shit for better and worse, and it's definitely worse. That makes boxing mainstream. Again. How many more like, of these, Seth? How many more of these do well in pay per view before the UFC or some, or not even the UFC, 
but the UFC is not above this. But some other MM, someone just does MMA like let's just get fucking Mario Lopez and you know Zach Morris to fucking do, do MMA or something like. The no, MMA no, versions. no. You're, you're, it's not just any random celebrities. It's this specific asshole Bobby who is a jock meathead that is just calling out everyone. He's getting a company to like to, that's willing to pay Connor fifty million to fight him. Like honestly, he's just running around throwing that shit out because companies know what like what do the kids call it these days? Clout, yeah. right? Like that's what these motherfuckers are all oh, about. Look, they they generate the TikToks, the clicks, the YouTubes. They are the audience for like the people who want to spend mommy and daddy's money. Like uh, it's yeah, I don't genius wanna, business. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give the guys more credit than I need to here. They're they appear to be morally reprehensible human beings, but they understand what they're doing here. They know they're the shit, like the shitty pe the piece of shit in this equation. I mean, before Ben Askren, wasn't he going to fight fucking Floyd? Wasn't that oh, that's, no, no, that's the other brother. That one got canceled or got delayed because of COVID or something. That's still happening. The, the older okay. brother is. And I they're definitely was, like the Diaz well, brothers. I thought that he was going to – I thought like Dylan Dennis was going to do uh, – why, why do I know Dylan Dennis at all if he doesn't fight? This is a legitimate question. What does Dylan Dennis do? He's uh, Connor's jiu-jitsu coach. That's got a job. There's not enough of that going around. He's not in the corner that much. He hasn't been in the corner since the Khabib fight. Um, whatever. Mark, did you watch the last one? The last uh, thrill thriller thing? I know Mike and I were watching together, and I think Steph and I were texting about it. Did you watch it? Yeah, I um, I saw highlights after, and then after this fight, I actually went back and watched uh, Jake Paul's fight because I wanted to actually I, – I, I just saw him knock out Nate Robinson. I, I just saw the, the, the good punches. I didn't see the first round unfold. Um, and for me, I, I do find this uh, matchup strangely compelling. I think, and, and I kind of agree with what Stefan's saying. I think, even though I, you know, they are kind of ass. I, I don't know them well enough to like pass judgment. They come off as very douchey. That being said, I feel like the people he's been targeting are, for the most part, pretty smart on his part. Where it's been Ben Askren, who's mainly a grappler. Uh, the guy we were just talking about, Dil what's his name, Bobby? Dylan Dennis. Dil Dylan Dennis, who's also a grappler, Conor McGregor, who's like an actual striker, but I, I did not going to take Jake that fight. Well, and I listened to Jake Paul's interview with Ariel and Ben Askren. I didn't really realize it because I didn't. I wasn't interested until this fight came to fruition. Like how big Jake Paul is, and they're going to fight at like eighty-five or ninety. So it's like, of course you're going to call Conor out. You're like twenty pounds heavier than him when he's in like his highest weight class. So I feel like they've been calling out the right people and. This fight is strangely compelling. I think when you just look at what they've accomplished in their careers, especially in, in just the striking realm, you can look at Jake Paul and be like, oh, man, this guy's a killer. He's killed these two people, you know, opposition being what it is. And you can look at Ben Askren, and we've obviously have been very critical of his striking capabilities. And and you put two and two together, and you're like, I think Jake, Paul, Jake Paul's just going to knock him out, um, which honestly could happen. I do feel like what my little prediction on the fight is, and we'll probably do it again when it gets closer to it. I think that if Ben Askren's smart, which I think he is because he's basically saying he wants to finish him in the seventh round, it's going to be a really boring fight. I think he's going to tie him up. He's going to wrestle with him in clinches. And it's, it, and, and that's kind of when, and I think he's going to be able to do that because watching him fight Nate Robinson, that's pretty much all Nate Robinson did in the first round. And Jake didn't really have an answer to get out of the clinches or to avoid getting tied up with this guy. So I feel like, I feel like it's very easy to cast Ben Askren out and be like, man, this guy's striking is garbage. And this other kid is athletic and explosive 
and he's just going to catch him, and that's going to be that. And I think that very well could happen. I also think it's just as likely, even if even if not more so, that Ben puts on a snoozer of performance and doesn't really get going until the late rounds. And maybe if Jake isn't in shape, he could potentially you know wear on him and beat him in the later rounds. So I think I think that contrast is kind of compelling, even though you know how much the card's going to be worth. Who else is going to be on how it? How much was the other one? Does anybody remember? Was I, it fifty bucks? That's not right. Fifty or sixty bucks, I think. Yeah. By the way, and one I of these, one of the, the uh, the older brothers got twenty three million subscribers. The younger brother, which is Jake, got twenty million. So, goddamn. Um, and uh, let me just say, uh, you know, not saying me, but I keep my ear to the street. Um, that card was impossible to stream. Daddy Dana wants to go after the streamers. He's talking to the wrong people. These people knew how to shut down streams. Uh, you. You wanted to watch this without paying? Good luck. All that stuff went down like constantly. Like mm. I don't I've never heard of the company that ran it, but they ran a tight ship for knowing they had eyeballs. They like they knew what they were doing. I think that's mm. smart cuz when you kind of think about his audience, they're probably younger, more internet savvy. They don't pay and, for shit. And and you don't have to be very savvy to to find live streams of sports events that you should pay for or you have, I mean you go to Reddit and there's links there. You know, it's not too hard to to suss that things those kind of things out. So yeah, if they did a good job on the last event and they can do a good job here, it's going to force that fan base that is interested and compelled to 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 see their their, their big brother figure go out there and beat up some flabby MMA guy. Um it, it, that is is the caveat I think. That that it's smart that they're doing that because I think that is their biggest rival just not it's not going to be whatever sports are played that day it's going to be candies you know teenagers stream it for free and if they could stop that and force them to pay to be part of the uh of the event or the the fomo or whatever um you might be able to sell a lot more so that's it's intriguing it's it's, so it's weirdly intriguing well this is happening does anybody know when this is happening it was like March, March or May, fairly soon all right i think that's uh the logan and um Floyd one was supposed to happen, I think, this month. It got delayed till March as well. So that would be really weird because there's a huge size difference in that, right? Yeah, that one. Floyd is 147 pounds. Yeah, so. and I think Logan's bigger than Jake. I think. Yeah, I think he's a, they're, name, they're not. Yeah, I think he's a little taller. I think he's a bit taller, a bit taller. I believe it's an exhibition match. So do they still need to weigh in for that? I don't know. I mean, didn't he? When, wasn't when Floyd beat up that uh, the kickboxer? The guy was like 126 pounds. Like that, I don't think you have to. I don't think they care. Yeah, they talk about exhibition, and then it's like, well, Floyd's last exhibition. He, if you believe what you saw, he murdered a man on the streets. Yeah, that happened. Um, some other news. Uh, looks like we're not gonna get Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall next week. Um, Chris Weidman's got the Rona, uh, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, they're gonna push that one for a couple more months. That pay per view next week is lacking. In uh, a lot of star power, quite frankly, it seems like one of those ones. It seems like the UFC kind of realizes, like apparently, the baseline they get from ESPN is the equivalent of a five hundred thousand buy pay per view. It seems like there's a couple where they're like, "We're taking we're, this one's ESPN Plus taking a bad is taking a, a bath with because uh, Usman and um, Burns, while a really good fight, quite frankly, to fans, isn't selling anything. Yeah, and the, uh, co- that that fight's February thirteenth, right? Yeah, it's next the weekend after this. So uh, we can't have this one. And the co-main event right now looks like it's Alexa Grasso and uh, Macy Barber, which, again, good fight. Nobody wants to pay for that. Let me tell you something, Bobby. This card is super duper thin, right? I ain't got no lady. But if I had a lady, and fellas, 
for all of you out there that are MMA fans listening to this, I mean, you would have to be to be listening to this. Take your woman out. This ain't the car. No, don't. What are you talking about? In. It's a goddamn pandemic. Don't don't go the, anywhere the, if you can. Okay. All right. In New York, we're allowed. We're going to be allowed to have indoor dining finally on. I think on Valentine's that Day. Is, that's Homer, by the way. That knows shit is, what he's doing. That shit is arbitrary as fuck. But look, <laughs> I'm telling y'all right now, fellas, which ladies. Make a nice meal. If, if you don't want to go out, I understand. You know, cook something real nice. Make the whole night for her. Because you don't want to watch this card. Come on. Get caught oh, up. I, on, get, you need to have a conversation with your lady first and say, we're going to do Valentine's Day the day before. Because what Mike's setting Ooh. up is some catastrophe where you have to give Ooh. like two Mark, dates in a row Mark, because yeah. you're an idiot. <laughs> Mark, yeah. if anything, you say this. Earlier in the week, you're like, oh, there's a UFC card. But you know what? That doesn't matter, baby, because it's all about you this weekend. Oh, so you're you're planning a whole weekend thing because you, you don't understand Valentine's Day is the next day. Mike's Look, available, it's, ladies. It's, it's if you about, like the message of it, it's uh, about, Instagram, it's about, Mark, Mark, Mark. Listen, <laughs> listen. It's very important. Please, please, very please tell the married man. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. I'm trying to help you out here. You got You got to put positive. You got to put some points in the positive bucket. All right. Stephon's right? dying you over fill there. That bitch up. Okay. You'll thank me later. Okay, I just want I just want to let it be known, as a public service, that Mike's DMs are wide open, ladies. It's he's available. Go ahead. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's going to give the whole weekend away. Yeah, exactly. Um, looks Buckets. like we're getting. Um, uh, looks like uh, Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje are trying to circle each other a bit for a fight. Nice. Um, Michael Chandler says he wants Ric Flair to walk to the octagon with him. Which, yeah, man, okay. It'll be an improvement from what I watched Ric Flair do last night on TV. So that's that's fine. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was kind of a light week news wise. I mean, I don't know if anybody else got anything. I saw, I was reading about um, C- Calvin Cater's corner justifying not throwing in the towel in that fight against Max, and I got halfway through it, and I'm like, that no, no I'm good. This is this is stupid. You should have thrown in the towel. Um. I think uh, Bare Knuckles happening soon, right, though, isn't it? With Paige? Mm, I think so. I, I heard rumblings a while ago, but I've not kept my finger on that pulse. Yeah. Very, uh, very light, lightweight, very light, lightweight uh, division news. Uh, Oliveira turned down a fight with Chandler because it's not for the title. Yeah, I heard an interview with Chandler and Ariel today where he said that I think because the uh, Wyman fight fell through, they were trying to get Chandler to, to fight somebody. And he basically he wouldn't he wouldn't name names. I don't even really know if he knew, but it, yeah, it looks like it was Charles Oliveira. Which I mean, and, and he even said in the interview, like he understands like why Charles wants to sit out until potentially getting a title shot instead of you know risking it. I mean, the dude's been in the UFC. He's also been in the UFC for like ten yeah. fucking years. Like he's, this is, he finally strung enough wins together to get a title shot, basically. <laughs> yeah, so it's understandable, but you know, disappointing because man, you throw Chandler Oliveira on this car- this card next week, and that's quite something. By the way, this Friday, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship brings you Knuckle Mania. Um, main event is Paige Van Zant versus Britton Hart. Um, co-main event Johnny Bedford from the UFC at one point taking on Dat Nguyen, and then we got Chris Levin taking on a guy named Quentin Henry. So that how, is this, how, how, how much do they want us to pay for this? I think all their cards have been thirty, which is the one we paid yeah, for I'm, one, right? I was gonna say they're on the thirty. I don't think we did, did we? I don't remember I watching. We pay, I, thought we, I thought we did something. 
I think they've had some free on YouTube. They've kind of given it away. Um, it's on. Uh, it's on Fight TV. I don't know. And that's how this much. weekend, Bob, or next? That is Friday. This is this Friday. No, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I saw an article about Paige. Uh, it's forty bucks. Jesus Christ. Jesus no, Christ. No, no, that's no, a lot no. of money. Um, Fight uh, TV, by more... the way, does a good job of blocking streams too. By the way, just putting that out. There. Also, uh, just two more quick hits of news. Uh, you know, to give your to give your medicine. Uh, Dust Dustin Poirier is going to be on the next season of Hot Ones. So. There's a reason to watch that. And um, the latest number one idiot from the UFC, or I guess formerly of the UFC, Abu Azai Tar. Yeah, I'm sure you guys remember that guy. Guy who uh, had his uh, teammate do the Mission Impossible to try to get into a lockdown facility. Mm-hmm. He has been suspended by USADA for no, he... uh, seven months following four failed tests. I think nope, that's well, we know what that package was. Wait, that's <laughs> his brother. That's his brother, isn't it? Because I thought it was Otman. I thought there's two of them. Oh, oh, Otman was Otman was the one that was gonna fight. Whole family's dirty. Runs in the blood. Well, shit. I'm sorry. I mixed the two up. Well, I mean, they're not in good shape. This is an interesting situation here. Mike, it's wow. news all the same. It is incorrect yeah. news, but news all the all the same. It's fine. All right, guys. Uh, let's pick some fights. The UFC at the apex or the Performance Institute at the Apex. So the Apex at the Performance Institute. We got the Reem, Alistair Overeem, taking on big Alexander Volkov. I'm saying big because my man's 6'7", 265 pounds. His nickname is Drago. He's living the gimmick. The Reem, on the other hand, I think Reem is still pretty big. I want to say he's 6'4". 6'4", the Reem, 40 years old, coming off. His last performance, a knockout win over Augusto, Augusto Sakurai back in September. Two straight wins for Reem. Wins over Walt Harris and Augusto Sakurai. Honestly, he's about five seconds. Um, he was five seconds away from having a five-fight win streak because the biggie boy caught him real late in that fight, Marcus, right? It was Reem had won all those rounds. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So Reem kind of put something together here. Alexander Volkov, on the other hand, last time we saw him, beat up Walt Harris. Back in October at UFC 254, been trading wins on and off, um, lost to Curtis Blades before that, went over Greg Hardy, um, lost to Derek Lewis. I'm noticing that uh, Alexander Volkov does not do well when they make him fight in Las Vegas. Those are two losses, both in Las Vegas. Um, betting line for this one, Stefan, I think Volkov is the underdog, or am I mistaken there? Uh, you are mistaken. Ooh. Volkov is the favorite at minus 185. To plus 160, Alistair Overeem. Okay. Um, I will go first and say I am picking Overeem. And I feel I've not picked Overeem to win a fight against anybody in at least five years. So I'm going to pick Overeem here because, quite frankly, he's 40 years old. He's finding a way to win. He should have five straight. Biggie boy hits hard, man. Shit happens. Um, Volkov isn't got the one-hitter quitter stuff that gets Reem in trouble a lot. If he gets beat, I'll be it by submission. But I don't think... Reem gets tapped out that often, Marcus, right? Like, it seems like it's not a regular occurrence. I can't remember the last time he got tapped out. And it's not really Alexander's game. Looking at his record, he has three submissions. I'm, I'm always mixing him up, man. I'll, I apologize to Mr. Volkov. Oh, he's got 21 knockouts? I, don't I mean, don't apologize. Not- you gave him more credit than he deserves. He's not a submission guy. Yeah, well, I don't mean, I also said he may not be a knockout one-hitter quitter guy, but well, he's not that either. He gets a lot of TKOs. I still got Reem. I think the Reem finds a way to get it done here. I think he's getting inching closer to a title shot, which is kind of funny. But he's inching. He's getting there. Marcus, who do you got? 
Well, I also have Reem. Bobby picking Reem makes me very nervous now. I like it. I always <laughs> like it better when no one believes in him, and I'm the only one that says, like, I know he'll get knocked out in hilarious fashion. That's a very probable, very likely probability of that happening. He's but, winning uh, too many fights. He does. Um, <laughs> he's kind of, you know, put it together. He's been a little bit more tactical um, in his pacing. He's gotten a little better with, you know, not doing some of the same mistakes he does before, even though he does have some really bad habits. Um, You know, whenever it comes to a firefight, I'm... I'm I'm always going to roll with Reem regardless, but especially when it comes to a striker, I feel like he's got a fair shot. You know, of course, you know, he has a bad tendency of getting hit on the chin and not defending well and then getting knocked out in spectacular fashion. I think that is completely on the table for this fight. He absolutely could lose by knockout. That is how Alexander wins a lot of his fights. He's a very technical fighter. He uses a lot of straight punches. He uses his range very well. Um, Reem's just a really good all-around fighter, and I feel like if he can implement some of the game plans to get him in the clinch, and especially if he can get on top and do some ground and pound, I think those are going to be really strong places for him. Um, in open space, I think it's kind of fair game to either of these guys. I feel like they both have the skills to, to put the other one away, um, but I'm rolling with Reem. Uh, I feel fairly confident in, in, in this pick, but you know, it's a tough fight. It, it's not he's, an easy he's one. He's on a dog for a reason. So, I mean, yeah. And, and yeah, and I was just going to say that exact same thing. I think, you, you know, got, Alexander got, being a slight favorite does kind of make sense. I think he's a little bit more technical on his P's and Q's than Reem is, but I think Reem has a better overall tool chest to, to potentially get it done, but he has to utilize those things, which sometimes can be difficult. So that's what I got. We got a lot of fights between these two guys, quite frankly, uh, a lot, 40 fights from Volkov over a hundred fights overall, 66 yeah, for Reem. So 66. And that's, I mean, that's not counting all the, Fucking kickboxing and shit that they got going on too. True. Steph, you uh, you going with uh, Drago here, or are you gonna join us on Team Underdog here? The thing about Drago is his body more so resembles present day um, Drago and not steroided uh, Soviet prime Drago. Uh, and he gets a lot of knockouts, but he kind of gets them the same way Reem gets his lately, and that's the other guy gassing out on him. Um, and him just kind of being durable enough to still be around because that's how he beat Walt Harris, right? Walt mm-hmm. kind of shot his wads swinging, um, and then he was just susceptible to Volkov's sturdy, durable game. But I don't think Reem really gasses like that, at least not recently. Um, maybe when he was still Uber Reem, right? And he was like, what, what, what was that test of his? He was 17 times a man. Um, it was It was impressive. <laughs> you know, uh, that's just how he is. But uh, I thought you might go to me last. Mike, just give me a quick nod. You can say what you want. Are you going to take Reem? Okay, I'm going to take Volkov. Because mm-hmm. if Mike took Reem, I was get, my, my exact line was going to be, let's all go down with this ship. Um, <laughs> but because Mike is taking Volkov, he will pull me back to reason. Um, it's easy to see over Reem winning this, right? Volkov's nothing spectacular, but yeah. Uh Volkov. That's all I got to say. <laughs> right on. There was a stretch here where Volkov won a lot of fights, man. Mike, making it a split, it sounds like. We are making it a split. Uh, Steph and me can be on that island uh, together, you know, snuggling all that. Um, I'm going to pick Volkov um, mainly for this reason. Um, Reem's chin doesn't get better as he gets older. And considering that they're fighting at the apex, that's going to be the smaller octagon that they'll be in. Reem is not going to have nearly as much room um, to play around with as he normally does. So I think that's going to be the deciding factor in this. He's going to get cornered at some point. He's going to get 
hit with a shot. Is it a, a smaller shot. cage in the Apex? Yeah, isn't it? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no crowd. I'm not sure if it matters. That's why I'm asking. Right. I think they talked about how that... that oh, okay. Out. Well, that's, that's, I, didn't think, I didn't think about that. That was a good call. So I think at some point he will get kind of cornered in the cage, take a shot that perhaps, you know, he should just kind of, you know, maybe, you know, grapple to get out of or, you know, do some movement to get out of, but he'll just turtle up and that'll be the end of it. Right on. Co-main event, Corey Sandhagen, Frankie Edgar. Corey, last time we saw him, he was murking Marlon Moraes back in October. Hit him with a wheel kick and finished him on the ground with punches. Frankie Edgar uh, bounced back from getting a drubbing at the hands of the Korean Zombie to taking a split win over Pedro Munoz. A really good fight um, back in uh, August of 2020. This is very, very one-sided betting line, Steph. Oh, yeah. It is. It's big. Uh, minus 440 to Corey Sandhagen to plus 350 for Frankie Edgar. Yeah, uh, old man Edgar. Just to put it, I mean, he won the title 11 years ago. It was April 2010 when he beat BJ Penn. By the way, if somebody knows BJ Penn, they should probably see if they can help BJ Penn because it's getting, we are careening towards a tragedy. But um, yeah, man, I think we're done here of Frankie Edgar fighting guys at this level. I think we should have Frankie Edgar fighting guys like more veterans, you know, put some fun fights together. Um, I still think him and Dominic would be fun to watch. If Dominic loses, his, Dominic's got some fight, but if Dominic loses that, I think that'd be a fun fight to watch. Um, but I, you know, if this was five rounds and somehow like Sandhagen blew his water early, I'd say Frankie had a shot, but three round fight and Sandhagen's really, really doing well these days. Bounce back from that Aljo fight. I got to think he's going to get it done here. Mike? That would be very smart. You know what? I don't even want to say smart. That would be very kind of the UFC if um, they just started, you know, matching Frankie up with uh, older gentlemen, maybe not people who are just absolute savages and, and young, but that's not what they're, that's not what their MO is. That's not what they're going to do. They're serving, you know what? I don't want to shit on Frankie that badly. Um, Frankie's the man. I I don't doubt Frankie might be able to, you know, get a eke out a decision victory here, but part of me feels they're kind of serving him up. Um, to Sanhagen as a name. Fair enough. So you got Sanhagen, Mark. I'm also going with Sanhagen, but I, I'm a little surprised at the line being as steep as, as it is. I, I I think maybe people are sleeping on Edgar a little bit. Um, you know, the bantamweight move down seems to have worked the first time he beat Pedro. Um, I don't remember that fight super clearly, but he won. So it's really my big takeaway. Um, I've been really impressed with Corey Sanhagen. I think he's been very dynamic. Uh, he has a lot. Of, he has a very deep skill set, especially on standing. I think he does a lot of things really well there. Um, Frankie will have to really lean on the wrestling, which I think has gotten tougher and tougher as he's gone to these lower uh, weight classes, where his speed just isn't. You know, at, at lightweight, he could shoot on guys from across the octagon and still finish those takedowns. I think it's going to be difficult as he's getting older, as he's fighting lighter guys who are very fast. Um, but a part of me almost wants to say, like, man, you know, there might be some money on on Frankie. I mean, that that line's so big that I I'd, I'd be slightly surprised if he was able to pull something off here, but maybe not shocked. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm definitely going with Corey. I think that there's a reason why he he is the the, the heavy fr- favorite. But I was just a little surprised that the line was that big. So M- yeah. Mark likes the stock, Mike. He likes the stock. It's undervalued. Like the stock. Give me some he likes the stock. He likes the stock. Stefan, clean sweep here. 
Uh, I'm a big old sell on that stock because um, if Frankie isn't who I started all the laundry room uh, analogies for, he's on the Mount Rushmore of fighters that I started it for. Um, Frankie is absolutely being served up to squeeze out the last juice of his name on Corey Sandhagen. Like, people who strike violently... That's not who I want to see Frankie fight anymore. He we see he can't really take that shot anymore. And Corey seems like he's young and spry enough that he'll keep it standing. Like this ends, this gets finished, and he gets finished ugly for Frankie is how I think it goes. Right on. All right, Cody Staman, Andrew Andre Yule, um, Andre Yule, Mister Highlight, um, coming off of two straight wins over Jonathan Martinez and Erwin Rivera, splits. So you know it definitely left a burning image in my head. Um, on the other side, we got Cody Staman trying to bounce back from a loss to Jimmy Rivera last July in Abu Dhabi. Betting line for this one, Mr. Staman's a pretty sizable favorite, Steph, right? Uh, yeah, because the difference between those two breakdowns, Bobby, is I knew who both of them were on one side, and I don't know who the three of them on the other side are. And Staman is coming at minus 320 to plus 260 for Andre Ewell. Yeah, um, that loss to Jimmy kind of uh, slowed down a lot of momentum for Cody, but I, I got Staman. Steph, you too. I take it. Sorry, say again. You got Staman too. I take it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Favorites. Yeah, Mike Staman. He throws a Yule log on the fire. Marcus, you got anything to say about Andre Yule's chances here, or you're joining us? No, we just got the broom because that's a clean sweep. Right on. Last one we're picking um, is, and this is mostly for me, Carlos Diego Ferreira uh, taking on. My guy, Benil Dariush. Um, I got like one. I got one Persian fighter in the UFC right now, unless secretly Amir Sadal is under contract this whole time. We haven't seen him in seven years. But Do you know this was a rematch. I was not aware this was a rematch. Now I'm worried. Neither was what I. The <laughs> More reasons for you to be confident, Bobby. Oh, <laughs> uh, a, a rematch from seven years ago, six and a half years ago, though. Um, back at UFC 179, he beat Carlos Diego Ferreira in Brazil. Apparently, that's now what Benil's got. Benil's got this shit. Benil on a one, two. Jesus Christ! Five fight win streak. Four of them are finished. Four of them are finishes. Um, hasn't fought since last August. Carlos Diego Ferreira on a one, two, three, four, five, six fight win streak. Uh, last fight was when he tapped out Pretty Tony Pettis back in January. Wow. Okay. I accidentally I picked this one just for my own entertainment, but we got a thing here. We got some guy, we got some boys. Um, might be doing something after this. Betting line for this one, um, Steph. The line is as torn as you are, Bobby, because it's pretty close. With uh, Ferreira as the slight favorite at minus one twenty-five, but only uh, coming in as a very minor underdog at plus one hundred five for Benil Dariush. Ooh, this sounds like it's going to be a good one too. A lot of performance bonuses between these guys. Um, I got Benil, obvious reasons. Mike? <laughs> I'm uh, pretty split on this one. And when I really can't make a decision for logical reasons, I like to go for the emotional. And because Bobby's my friend, I'll go for the Persian guy. Thank you. I appreciate the support. Marcus? Yeah, this is a really tough fight to call. And and, and like you said, Bobby, wasn't really giving much thought to this fight before. We just knew Darush and uh, Carlos. We, we've seen these guys fight a bunch. Um, and then I looked at Carlos's record, and that's where I saw uh, Darush had a win over him. But there's not a lot of pink in that ledger, baby. He's only lost twice um, to Darush, and then right after that to Dustin Poirier, who's obviously his stock has only risen. 
Um, so I'm gonna be the outlier. Carlos, Carlos is a big. He's a big submission guy too. And you know, Benio's been tapped before. I see he's got a submission loss. So. It can be done. He has one you know. submission loss. Um, he got go with, got him with the rear naked. Yeah, I'm going to go with Carlos to kind of make it interesting. I do think this fight is really close. Um, you know, it's kind of a tough call. I mean, they've obviously have fought before and Darush won that fight. Um, so going with Carlos, I'm a little, little hesitant, but I think what's really interesting and this again, you know, we speak about it almost every week, like the depth of this lightweight division where both these guys have five six wins in a row and we really weren't even aware that they were on that much of a uh, a streak um so i think it's gonna be close um i'm not gonna be surprised if darush pulls out another decision but carlos has looked good and i think he's probably the favorite because he just beat pettis and that's a, probably the biggest name they share between them in their current run of wins so yeah going carlos but it's it's a tricky one yeah um steph um, I will take Ferreira just to split this one up. Uh, it, right is, on. it is kind of a coin flip fight, but uh, since, like you mentioned, he has a win over uh, Tony Pettis, uh, I'll pick him as a thank you for sending that loser bum on his way out of the company. You know, get that <laughs> weed box bum out of here, Pettis. You're you're one of the great busts that I believed in uh, in my <laughs> MMA fandom time, I, and and his brother too. I ho- I got a I got a real beef with that whole family. Um, also on this card, but we're not picking it. Clay Guida still in the UFC. Clay Guida still in the UFC, taking on Michael Johnson. Um, we also got Marion Renault on the main card, taking on Macy Chason, Alexandre Pantoja. Who's always good for a, a good scrap, taking on a guy without a Wikipedia page named Manel Cape or Cape. Um, I you can't trust the Wikipedia fight listings. I've realized at this point, Marcus, because they just list everything that's ever been announced for these cards, whether they're official or not. It seems like, it's like there's like there's a whole bunch of they're all on there. Sure, Molly McGann's on there, um, and a bunch of other people I don't recognize. But this is happening this Saturday at the uh, UFC Performance Institute at the Apex. Probably seems seems like it'd be regular time as well. Uh, night card. Um, I think it said the 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 main started at five, which is a little earlier. Ooh, which, is this on reg? Is on regular ESPN? Uh, ESPN Plus. It looks like. Okay. But again, I'm looking at Wiki. You can't trust them. Can't Who's trust them. They're changing this stuff around. God, Michael Johnson's got 16 losses, and Clay Guida's got 20 losses. This dude's got a lot of fights. It's a lot of L's. A lot of L's. Um. All right. Um. I think that's really all we got this week. Let's do a. Let's do stuff we like. Um, let's knock out the rumble. Um, we have a bit of a tradition that is we somehow somehow sometimes hold up, sometimes we don't, where we like to watch the Royal Rumble and then uh, no, no, don't need to explain what the Royal Rumble is, I feel, even if the most ancillary knowledge of wrestling should get you to what a Royal, Rum- Royal Rumble is. We all draw random numbers and we bet money. And if your number wins, you take the money. And there is a men's and a women's Royal Rumble. And Mike won fucking both of them. Right. Um, and in both of them, the last person he defeated was my person. Real disappointing, quite frankly. Um, the women's one was a, uh, the ending was great, honestly. Um, I've noticed because the women's wrestlers tend to be smaller than the male wrestlers, they're able to, they, they don't clear the ring as often. I've noticed, you know, you'll get like 12 of them in the ring at once. Which doesn't really happen with the male wrestlers. Um, the first part of the match was owned by Stefan's favorite, Billy Kay. She was hilarious, as usual. Um, but honestly, you kind of got the impression early on that the winner was probably was had a good chance of being Bianca Belair. People wanted it, people got it. She gave a great speech afterwards, clearly emotional. 
She's uh, she's got it all. She's a she's the wrestling version Stefan of a five tool pay- player. Everything you want from a talent, and we'll see what they can turn her into at WrestleMania. That's what I thought out of that one. What'd you think of it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I, it'll be fun. Um, I just to say, you know, like we're kind of giving a cursory thing about the Royal Rumble. Um, just but the reason I kind of like the event in general, and you alluded, to, you don't really have to know anything about mm-hmm. it. Because the event in itself is the great reset button. It's the moment where they can say, we want to give this person a push. And it doesn't really matter what they have or haven't achieved in their career at this point. It's, we think we see you something in you in this moment, and we're going to do it. Like, Drew, who won last year, and I will say last year, I liked a lot more. But last year was truly one of the best Royal Rumbles they've ever done. Oh, they were stadium stadium too. How they booked the match. It was just fantastic. It was really well done. But... I think Drew, since his, with his second stint in the WWE, he was kind of just floundering around. He was a big hired muscle goon of Dolph Ziggler. He was kind of near the main event, but never in any substantial way, right? He, he was never in any remarkable feud. He was just a big menacing guy whenever you needed there to be a muscle. And then look what happened. The, he, he really has taken it like this last year and run with it. Um, women's one was really great. There, there's, there's a lot of, there's a very big, changing of the guard i think the final three they did and i thought was really interesting was uh it was rhea ripley uh bianca belair and then charlotte and it, that really was a now like it's that's like the basketball terms it's i got next um and it was the next generation of women coming up so it was nice to see uh the women's one was just lacking a little something right because like in the 30 spot out comes natalia that's a big bag of nothing, right? Like, you know, I'm sure Becky's not ready to return from maternity. It was maybe, I'm just saying, I think the women's side was just maybe missing one or two more names in there. I understand why you're not pulling out all the shots, right? This is like one of the last big empty crowd events. So you don't want to waste certain things. But like I said, to me, the Royal Rumble is my favorite event. It's better than WrestleMania. I know WrestleMania is the big show, but the the Royal Rumble event is the fun one because... You don't have to yeah. know what the fuck is going on. You can kind Let of me tell you, enjoy it in a bubble. The first time I did this with Mike, when we were living together in Syracuse, I remember I told him, let's watch the Royal Rumble. Well, I'll bet like five bucks. And Mike will admit to this. At the beginning, Mike's like, what? What? We're just going to lose five bucks on this bullshit? And let me tell you, when it came down to me and Mike and our third roommate, Sal, all having one guy in, only five bucks on the line each. We were all in our living room screaming at the TV, <laughs> yelling for our guy to win. And that's when Mike realized this is a good time. Um, the men's Royal Rumble gave us some cool moments, though. Mike, um, got uh, we got Mayor Kane in there for some reason. Yep, yep. You know, we got the return of Christian. Um, we got Edge's old ass winning this thing, like forty-seven years we, old. We had Edge's old ass being the first guy in the ring, and yes. funny enough, when we found out it was going to be Edge and Randy Orton one and two. Yeah. When we were about to make the drawings yeah. for our bet, we actually all considered, well, there's no way they're going to win, so let's just not include one yeah, and two. Yeah, that almost happened. Yeah, that almost happened. Um, so we had uh, Edge winning. Sounds like he's, uh, based on the news today, it sounds like he's going to go after Roman Reigns um, and main event WrestleMania. Vince has got a crowd. He wants to sell some tickets, however few there are. Want some eyes on the product after he probably didn't make a lot of money last year at WrestleMania? Actually, that's not true. They had the most profitable year ever. 
They still fire people. Amazing. Um, it was a good show. Um, I had some real second. Marcus, you missed some good entertainment where they did a uh, last man standing match. And uh, someone got handcuffed. And he was on the ground. And then, like, Paul Heyman came to unhandcuff the guy. Okay. But he couldn't get the handcuff, the key in. Mm. So the referee stopped counting at five. Oh, yeah. So they, I, I, I they called just... this out because the, he's doing it's a last man standing. So it's a count to 10. He gets to five. The camera just pans to the right of him. And then we never see or hear that referee again. Uh, yeah, I just like, was just oh, like, yeah, I, I started getting like, you ever get like secondhand like embarrassment or anxiety for somebody? I got that for Paul Heyman in that moment. I'm like, Paul, you got to get the fucking key in the handcuff. You got to let him out of there. Come on. Um, it was a good show. Um, I had a good time watching it. Um, I don't think you, I think you got to separate the two rumbles out though. Like I, one at the beginning, one at the end. Don't just put one match in the middle. Um, and I learned who Bad Bunny is. That was it. That was my review of Royal Rumble. <laughs> he has some very good songs. Um, and he's not Dominican. Yeah. He's got a song called Booker T. So Booker T just stood there while he rapped it. You talk about happened. secondhand embarrassment, Bobby. I had secondhand embarrassment for Booker T just standing there with his <laughs> arms all puffed up for like what was like a four and a half minute song. And Booker T just doing this the whole damn time. Like, the whole time I'm wondering, I'm like... I'm like, man, Booker D's from Houston. What are the ch chances he knows any Spanish that he understands what this man is rapping about? <laughs> that's what I was wondering. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I mean, I got, you know, Royal Rumble. That's really it. And uh, for our friends out there, Mike, we should just say, you know, diamond hands, hold the stock. We like the stock to the fucking moon. Never forget. Hold, hold the stock. Hold the line. Diamond hold hands, the line. Hold the line. Yes. Send your friends. All of the war memes that you can. My yeah. personal favorite is Mel Gibson charging in uh, the Patriot. Yeah, right. That's, that's what right there. The stock yeah. is going to the moon. We're not. Insert. We're not. We're not. We're not financial advisors. We know nothing, obviously, because we're Insert. losing money hand over fist this week. <laughs> Look, you know what my financial advice is? I'm gonna send you another gift of a rocket ship. Okay, that's it. That's exactly going it. to the goddamn moon. Right. Yeah, I, I just want to put this out there right now. When you guys are going next year, can someone talk about Wandavision? Because that was my favorite episode so far of that show. This for this this fourth episode. Uh, have Have you guys all watched it at this point? Steph, did, did you, you like it? Yeah, no, it's spectacular. I, I, I'm, about, I'm about a big like, Jimmy Woo guy. Jimmy I mean, Woo's I my guy. I mean, we could touch on it. I just feel like we were saving the conversation for the end because ultimately right. the show. And the, it's not fully unraveled yet, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's hard to talk about it in total um, because it is a really long form movie is essentially what they're doing. Just, so, yeah, just, yeah just it's always nice very to see Randall quick, Park, you know, it's one very quick moment that I enjoyed. It, it's not anything really about the plot. Did you guys notice when Randall Park's character actually does the sleight of hand trick? The trick he was trying to learn yeah. in Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp. I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that until I saw Easter eggs after, and I was like, "Oh, that was really clever." I totally forgot about Ant-Man. I like they brought back um, what's her name's character, a cat character from Thor. Yeah, she was in there. I I like Randall Park, man. I'm just in general. You put Randall Park in something, I'm in. Someone made a point on Reddit saying they should just do a series of Randall Park investigating weird shit. Like just like X Files, basically with like comic book stuff with his character with Jimmy Woo, and I was like, "Yeah, I'd watch that." His uh, his character, that. his character in the comics, um, he's like an actual character in the comics who like makes superhero teams. I mean, okay, so I still think go. my idea. I think I still think that Reddit idea works. 
I mean, Ran- 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 Randall Park is also double dipping because uh, he's going to be a super villain over in the DC universe. You see him in the stinger for Aquaman, uh, where he helps uh, restore Black Manta. So uh, Randall Park double dipping in both uh, comic book universes. I, I can't imagine Randall Park as like a serious role. It's not. It, it's more so like the scientist, the mad scientist who puts them together. He's not going to be like the action guy himself. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike, what do you got this week? Um, not too much. Uh, I was going to say the Royal Rumble and specifically winning the Royal Rumble because Mikey always likes it when uh, when he wins some money. Uh, but a few little uh, quick hit things, um, anime wise. One of them is an anime whose uh, season I uh, burned through in about uh, a week's time. I think I talked to you about it, Steph. Uh, did I did I mention that I had started watching an anime? Um, I'm vamping for time so I can find the name of the anime if you guys haven't noticed already. Okay, so Rising of the Shield Hero. Um, all right, the, you guys thought that was good? That was pretty good vamping, right? Anyway, we, we, talked, about it. we talked about it. Rise of the Shield Hero. Um, I think Steph may have mentioned it on here before, just offhand. It's essentially an anime where it's a, as a isekai a genre of the anime where regular dude gets uh, transported into a different world where there's four legendary heroes. One of them's for a sword, spear, and uh, a staff. And then there's the one no one really cares about, uh, the legendary shield hero, who he can block pretty much everything, but he has absolutely no offensive um, capabilities at, at the beginning. Um, it throws you a bit for a loop in the first episode because something extremely dark um, happens in the first episode that y- y- you don't normally find in, in an anime. And... Not to spoil too much uh, about it, because I, I would like you guys to, to watch it. Not you guys. I know you guys ain't watching that shit. Um, but the people listening, that it got me so mad that at one point I texted Steph during the week where I just said, I hate everyone in this world. Not that I hated the anime, but like I had like a visceral hate for a lot of the pe- characters in the, in the show because of the shit that was going on in the show. Um, I finished the whole first season. It was about 24 episodes. Really good show. I really enjoyed it. Can't wait for whenever the second season comes out. And the second anime that I actually found out thanks to Steph's stuff he liked last week, uh, Mother's, uh, My Mother's Basement or whatever that YouTube guy. Oh, that's uh, like a recommendation for you in broad general, Mike. Oh, I thought you said that on the show last week no no i mean i was saying i recommended some shows from that list but i was mm-hmm. recommending you that channel because that's where i get my gotcha. kind of uh things that i check out from yeah well thanks to Steph putting me on to that guy i found out that uh suggestion that Steph put me on to last year actually has its season, second season uh premiered a, a few weeks ago the quintessential quintuplets Oh, you're um, gonna jump in on my stuff, my Gotobun no Hanayomi, Mike? Is that is but that yeah. is that what it's called in Japanese? Or well, that's the okay. Japanese. <laughs> but uh, I do love show, yeah. uh, the second season apparently is about seven episodes in, 
So uh, really enjoying it for a little recap as to what the show is about. I think it's uh, it's in the harem genre of the uh, of the anime. Essentially, what that is for you guys that don't know, harem anime is that nerdy dude for some reason has a bunch of beautiful women that fall in love with him for some reason or another and in this case it's a nerdy dude that has to tutor five beautiful quintuplets um and the misadventures that fall from that second season premiered i uh, binge watched about three of the episodes late last night probably not a good tactic to do when you got to go to work the next day. So uh, I'm running on very little sleep. But Quintessential Quintuplets and Rise of the Shield Heroes. Check them out. Right on. Uh, Marcus, what do you got this week? Yeah, not a ton. Um, just one big thing. Uh, so I have been talking the last couple of weeks. I've been getting very excited for my new NVSX machine to come in. This is the 3 4 scale Neo Geo Big Red Machine. Um, I've had a fondness for the MVS Big Red machines for a long time. Uh, I actually um, was looking to actually pick up one for a while. And me and Steph were living together. I went to two different places and looked at it and never really pulled the trigger. It's always been kind of a, a pipe dream of mine to, to get one of those machines and to mod it. Or, you know, the, the MVS machines allowed you to play different cartridges, which kind of made it a unique uh, arcade cabinet. And there's some cartridges you can have like a 161 in one. And I was thinking I might go to, down that route because it seemed like the easiest way to mod it. But I've been extremely pleased with my MBSX. Uh, mostly, I would just say, you know, out of the gate, it potentially there's a couple different SKUs you can get. You can just get the top, which is actually like a bar top arcade, which is what I currently have. I have not got my bottom to actually make it the 3 4 scale, which I should be getting tomorrow and I'm very excited about. Uh, but what makes this machine a little interesting compared to its counterparts, like the arcade one ups? Uh, those machines tend to have a limited games on them. Usually, I mean, my uh, Marvel vs. Capcom machine has five, which is, you know, kind of the high end. Uh, some of the more expensive machines do have maybe up to seven. Um, the MVSX has 50 games on it. Uh, it is very fighter-based heavy, so you have all your King of Fighters, all your Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdowns, Art of Fighting, World Heroes. That takes up the crux of the library that you get, but they do have all the Metal Slugs, which is greatly appreciated. I think it's one of the best series that uh, Neo Geo did. Uh, and they have a spattering of some of the lesser-known titles, some more fighting games, uh, and they do have a couple of the sports games, which I think are interesting, but Neo Geo actually made sequels to a lot of the sports games on the MBSX that I think are better, so it's kind of unfortunate that those didn't come on the machine. Luckily, that's not really a big issue. One of the big selling points for me with the MBSX is that they came out with a similar product uh, a couple years ago where it was just a arcade joystick that you could plug into your TV, and it had like 20 games on it. Um, it also had a USB drive in the back of it, so you can get firmware uh, updates. And fairly quickly, people were able to hack that and put more games onto the system. Once I learned about that, and that that would be pretty common with this machine, that someone would be able to hack it. The people at Hilo who did the um, arcade stick hack were already working on the MVS X hack. And by the time I got my machine, that hack was already out. So um, I got my machine on Friday. On Saturday, I went to the store, picked up a USB stick. As far as modding and hacking goes, it does not come any easier than this. You download a couple files, throw them onto a USB stick that's been formatted for FAT32, throw it into the machine, have it do an update. And I went from 50 games to 148 games. And what I really like about their Neo Geo hack is they are using different BIOS, 
bios are like different versions of the games. Um, so you can have like the European arcade or the US arcade. The universal bios that they have not only allow you to pick US or um, European, um, it also lets you access the dip switches, which is an arcade machine. So they're usually physical switches that you can flip on and off, and that lets you have free play. You can determine how many lives you have, the difficulty of the games, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then they also have a cheat system in where you can add cheats to the game, which honestly really blows this thing sky high for me. Um, I've always been a big fan of Game Sharks and cheat devices. I love challenging games, but I also like to win and to be able to fully see out a game to completion and to the end and having a cheat device on arcade machines so you can have infinite health. Um, is very interesting and very much for myself appreciated so I can play some of these older difficult games and kind of power my way through and see the endings to old art of fighting games and fatal furies that would just be way too hard for me to complete. Outside of the Halo X hack that has all the Neo Geo games, there is also, um, I mean, you have to get all these. I mean, the caveat here is that you have to get these files off of Telegram, which I don't know if you guys know is like a, a messaging app. I never used it before, but this is how you had to get the stuff. There's someone on there that has released another hack, an unofficial one that has 242 games. So I was going to wait for the official stuff, but I just I couldn't help myself. I slapped that bad boy on. I thought I might have some issues. Booted up fine. Um, and now I have 242 games on my MVSX, including Alien vs. Predator, the Dungeons & Dragons beat em up Street Fighter 2. I, I really wish they had all the alphas. They don't have one and two, but they do have three. The Punisher beat em up Miss Pac-Man, a lot of arcade classics, The Simpsons. There's still a handful of games I do hope that they can hack onto the system soon. Um, it's missing the Ninja Turtle games. Uh, it's And like I mentioned, I would really like to get Alpha 1 and 2. I don't think Street Fighter 3 is going to run well because of the hardware on the machine. But if it could, it'd be great to have those games. But pretty much outside of that stuff, this thing's rigged up, ready to go with basically every game I could have won on it. So this has been a dream of mine for a long time is to have an arcade machine that I would mod or hack to play a plethora of all the different arcade games that I loved growing up. So, um, you know, the, the, the price on this is a little steep. Once you factor in these other things of, you know, adding on up to 242 games, I think the, the price tag is well worth it, you know, for me, um, for someone who really loves the arcade scene that really has a ton of nostalgia for these games. Um, you know, I'd have a lot of fun just booting up a game and just watching the um, demonstration, the uh, scroll screen, just kind of play the cinematics and play itself. Because, you know, as a kid, you know, I, I went to I spent a lot of times in arcade. I wasn't always playing games. A lot of times they would just be walking around and watching the uh, demonstrations on the machines play and just getting hyped for them. So right now with my two machines, I think I'm capped out. <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't fit any more machines in here if I wanted to. But uh, this MVS has really covered all my bases. So my next moves with it, I might want to get the buttons up, upgraded and maybe the stick too. Um, I think there's some fun stuff I could do with that. But I've been over the moon with this machine. I'm really excited to get my base tomorrow and have this and the Marvel's Capcom machine side by side. Um, I'll be very pleased with that. But overall, I've really, I've been kind of impressed with from purchasing it, how long it took to get the system. Um, it is shitty that I didn't get both pieces at once. So I can have the full arcade cabinet standing up. Um, but otherwise I've been very pleased with the build quality. Um, the only issues are the buttons aren't super great. The joystick could be better. Um, and what I do like about it, because it is a bar top, um, that's not stuff I'm super comfortable 
modding. I do know a person that works on arcade machines, so it would be easy to put this thing back in the box and drive it over to this guy's house and do some modifications, get some better buttons in there and a better joystick, and then I'll be pretty much set. I'm still looking for the official hacks. Um, a lot of these Capcom games, they don't have audio on the demonstration screen, which is a little bit of, of a bummer, but to be able to play them is really cool. And it's awesome. I mean, just just for me, to see Street Fighter 2 being played on an MVS machine is just really fucking cool um, and gets me very excited. So yeah, I've been super pleased with it. Um, you know, I'll let you guys know new stuff coming out. The uh, Halo team or the yeah, Hilo team is coming out with the Capcom packs that should be releasing sometime this week. So yeah, I, I've been over the moon about this thing. I've been really excited uh, about it. I've really enjoyed my time with it so far. So yeah, that's what I got this week. Uh, Steph, do you have anything? Oh yeah, I, I can kind of segue off of everyone. Um, I actually, you know, I got to stop by Mark's uh, for the first time um, over the weekend. Cool. Saw saw his like kind of burgeoning arcade room. Uh, slash office going that's pretty cool um one of the things i like is uh, i loan i borrowed from him jonathan hickman's house of x right. so um about to be jumping into that a bit more um mike mentioned yeah quintessential quintuplets is uh, i don't know why it's inexplicably one of my favorite uh animes um and we start strong with this season because in the very first episode uh anime after my own heart you know what the five girls are doing they're all at the hospital getting vaccinated. And I'm like, that's some topical shit. And I like that you're preaching a good message there. Is uh, it COVID-related? Or is it just... No, uh, no, it, it, there's, there's no it's a happenstance. Uh, um, but uh, also, uh, Mike, you're right. The uh, harem genre has did start with the like ho-humble guy who has the sea of pretty girls who fawn after him. But it's 2021, baby. You can get harem comedies in all variety. You would have the uh, uninspiring girl who has all the guys fawn over. A fun isekai slash harem, Mike, is um, I think it's called My Life as a Villainess, uh, where a girl is reborn as a villain in a game, but uh, she finds out at the end of the game it's her destiny to die. So she's trying to redo her destiny by uh, changing everyone in the game world's like perspective of her. But she ends up in a harem of everybody. Guys, girls, the servants, everyone falls in love with her. Um, there's so many varieties of it. Uh, one thing I like in this quintessential quintuplet one, um, as it is an anime, there's always a best girl, worst girl. And there was a worst girl of the siblings, but these first few episodes have done their work. Uh, Nino? Nino. They've done Nino, their work Nino's to reframe Nino. Uh, but a lot, I remember a lot of manga readers were saying manga readers were saying that was coming is uh, give Nino time they'll give you her point of view eventually. Um, so we got me, that. So far, my most favorite one. I can't remember what the hell her name is, but she's the one that calls the protagonist Uesugi San. You like Yotsuba, the bubbly athlete one. The athletic, yes, the athletic one. Yeah, Yotsuba. I like Miku, the nerdy one who likes history with the blue headphones. Cool. Um, but uh, the thing I really do want to talk about because I was super excited about it, uh, it ties in. We we're talking about streams and things you can't illegally stream, can't illegally stream this because they got their shit on tight. I watched Blackpink's The Show on Saturday night, um, and that was a live streaming concert they did. Um, you know, like uh, it's no like mistake in 2020. I was I had a lot of concert tickets. Um, I was going to go to some of my first big K-pop ones. Like BTS, we're going to be performing at Levi's Stadium on uh, their kind of final U.S. tour before some of them have to start doing military service. But uh, Blackpink, you know, having not been able to tour, they released their first full-length album this past fall. 
they ended up putting on a live stream show and it was really really cool um bought access to it uh watched it online from home saturday night uh so far the leader there jenny is the only one who's had a solo song and um they had a teaser that came out last week because the main vocalist rose was about to put out a solo song and i think her teaser video broke some type of youtube record for like the most views for a not even the video, just the teaser to the music video. And they ended up debuting it on this concert. And they did a cool thing where they debuted the music video. And then it cut into her finishing the song as a live stage. Um, and, you know, uh, Bob, I know you checked out like BTS's Dynamite because that's an English song. Rose's yeah. single has a chance to get some play here because uh, Rose grew up in Australia. So she speaks fluent English. She just has that uh, cute, adorable Australian accent. And her uh, solo song, Gone, is actually written entirely in English. So um, just like that Selena Gomez song, Ice Cream, it was kind of fun to hear Blackpink on the radio here uh, in the U.S. I think there's a decent chance this one might make its way on. But um, yeah, that was just really cool. Um, I kind of mentioned to you, Bob, when I discovered that rock band, Rolling Quartz. Like, There's something about hearing live performed music, right? where you're singing and you can hear, you see the guitarist playing and it's producing a sound, not just digitally recorded, right? Like, we can all listen to the CD track versions. I watch, I watch, I watch contract, I watch concert videos on YouTube yeah. sometimes. Or like, I watch like live performances and stuff. Not a full concert, but like, whatever song, I'll see if I can find like a you live just want to hear a live like, edition yeah. of it, right? Like, yeah, I just want to, you know. So, you know. yeah, just getting that with Blackpink was really cool to hear like these band played versions of electronic produced beats. Um, another artist I always lament never put out a live album was Childish Gambino because all his electronic beats on his rap albums are performed by a live band when you see him in person. And yeah, do you remember when we saw um, when we saw him last? I think it was the last time we saw him. Whenever Erica Badu was the opening, was the main was the main thing was the headliner. He said he has a full orchestra. He had like a full band. He's like, oh, I have a full band, so I can play Les. And we're like, what the fuck? Really? Okay. That was what's holding us back. He got, like the, he got like, like the string orchestra. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Play. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's just a different vibe. And, you know, like, couldn't be there, right? You know, you could tell some of it were pre-recorded segments. But they built the stages. They built the sound design. And they performed it as if it was a live concert. So it was just really cool. Um, you know, they something, something for the fans, right? Because... I'm sure they're missing performing just as much as people are missing the chance to see them. So uh, just a really cool thing to have. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really know that this was a thing, but I guess it's pretty common in K-pop the past couple of years. So um, as long as this quarantine lasts, I'm going to keep my eye out for uh, more kind of online concerts like that. Cool. Right on. All right, guys. Um, that's it for that's all of us that's it for this week we'll be back next week we're going to preview the welterweight title matchup between gilbert burns and kamara usman which again while won't sell and won't sell shit is actually a pretty goddamn good fight um we were actually supposed to get it i think it was in november when october whatever yeah. when masvidal fought on like six days notice and it was obvious masvidal fought on six days notice um but we'll see i feel usman doesn't fight a lot in general just i think i see him once a year Anyway, um, until then, uh, as usual, everybody stay safe. Um, if you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Uh, wear a mask, all that fun stuff. The light is at the. We see the light at the end of the tunnel, folks. Numbers are going down. Don't be a dumbass and go to Super Bowl party, though. For the love of God, don't let the fucking Super Bowl be another reason we got to shut down again. So, 
Again, um, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Thank you all for listening and peace out. See ya. Peace. Cheers.